what I began to see as an area where more emphasis and more concentration needs to be placed on this is in the realm of strategic planning. Because what we do with strategic visioning is different. We have been working with organizations, taking them through the strategic visioning experience that consists of strategic planning through a different lens, through the lens of operationalizing diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility throughout every area of the business. And the vehicle that takes us from where we are to where we want to be to elevate equity, inclusion, and belonging in the workplace, we use continuous improvement to close those gaps. Hi, everyone. I'm Tracy O'Rourke. And I'm Elizabeth Swan, and we're from the Just In Time Cafe. And welcome to our podcast. At the cafe, we wrestle with tough questions, talk to groundbreakers, and discuss great books, and get insights from Lean Six Sigma practitioners who are making a difference in the world. We let you in on helpful apps. We bring you the news and challenge the status quo so you can build your problem-solving muscles. Hey, Elizabeth, what's on the cafe menu? Today's highlight is our interview with visionary leader, Deandra Wardell. He's a kind of practitioner, the founder of On to the Next One Consulting and the originator of the Root Cause Racism series. Next up, we'll review an app that lets you collect, share, evaluate, experiment, incubate, and develop the best ideas in your organization. And for Q&A, we asked our community if they ever got their customers wrong. And apparently that happens a lot more than you might think. Uh, it's an awesome day at the cafe, right, Tracy? Absolutely. Up next, it's hot apps. Yes, Tracy, today's app is Bright Idea, which seems like a cradle-to-grave conduit for innovation. What did you find? Well, there's definitely seems to be a correlation between implementing employee ideas and employee engagement, which is probably why idea boards are something we see organizations who are implementing lean do, like Costco. So guess what? Enter a virtual solution for idea boards. Given that some organizations will have teleworking employees permanently, having a virtual equivalent for an idea board makes sense. As a matter of fact, I'm noticing that the people that the organizations that I know that do have physical idea boards have incorporated some sort of virtual uh, program or way to capture and um, add to uh, virtually, which is really nice. So this application makes it really easy to enter an idea, select it, and then manage the ideas through the process to implement them. So if you are looking at idea boards or looking for a process for virtual idea boards, I think this would actually be at least worth looking into. What did you discover when you looked it up, Elizabeth? Um, it's kind of like the number one idea app out there. It keeps winning awards every year. So they're, so they're big. Uh, it's got similarities to apps we reviewed like Mural or Miro, you know, digital whiteboards, that's part of it. Um, and what they've added or kind of the underlying construct is this pipeline that lets you assess, prioritize, track, you know, and manage the ideas. And, you know, if you think about what used to be the classic suggestion box for employees was often a huge source of disaffection, right? That ideas would go into the box and die 
you know, and people have the impression like your ideas or your inputs not really important to us, which is not a good thing. But this is an app that keeps them alive and moving. And you and I have tried out the um, the free uh, trial and added ideas. They actually seeded our demo with ideas, which was kind of cool because you could see what it would look like in a pipeline or, you know, how you rate them. So you, you and I threw in our own ideas. We commented on them. Um, we can see them in a list form or we could dive into them separately for details and go back and forth on, you know, what the idea is about or if I want more clarification. They've also got a library of templates. And I just looked at a few that had a five wise template. Of course, that caught my eye, which is interesting because that's, you know, a root cause analysis tool as opposed to what you might associate with innovation. But the reality is you can't have a decent solution unless you dig down to what's causing a problem, right? Uh, and another interesting template they had was this assumption grid. You know, and you and I are always challenging problem solvers to verify their assumptions. And this is a two by two matrix that lets you, you know, position them based on relative risk and relative certainty about the assumption. And then you assign them to team members, go research, verify, like we would tell them, like, you know, go test your assumptions. Are you right about those things? Um, and this addresses kind of that assessment phase of the timeline, the, the pipeline. So they're addressing the life cycle of an idea. You know, if it's not viable, it goes, but it goes for good reason, right? You've gone through and assess it's too risky or it doesn't really have legs, whatever it is. And they were founded back in 1999. They have a lot of case studies. You can go look at what other customers have done. You have, they have customer videos. Um, you can request a demo. You get a 30-day uh, trial version like we did. Um, and if you opt in, the subscription starts at $59 a month for a flat rate. So definitely, you know, you can, if you're watching the video, you can see a little bit of what um, we discovered about it. But it's definitely got a lot of public kudos. Uh, and it's a great thing to be able to do to manage ideas and get the most out of them. Yes. And I would just caution everyone. I think, you know, the hardest part about idea boards is creating structure and roles. Who's going to work the ideas? Who's going to manage it? What kind of meetings are you going to have to, you know, decide on these and have, you know, you have the voting, which is great, but you still have some, probably some discussion about some of these pieces. And those things still are really important and need to happen. And I, I sometimes feel like people think, oh, well, let's just throw this together. And then they don't really think about the roles and the effort that is required, you know, both uh, places uh, that I'm working with now, they have uh, people that work ideas every week. And so those need to be assigned and maybe that's helpful for them to be owning a piece of this board, but that still has to happen in order for an idea board program to be successful. So thank you for that. That was really interesting. And I actually like it super simple. Super simple. I'm Elizabeth Swan, and you're listening to the Just In Time Cafe podcast. In a short while, you'll get to hear our interview with the illustrious Deandra Wardell. Next up, it's an issue we pose to our community. Have you ever gotten your customers wrong? And what sparked this was thinking back to this proof of concept project we were conducting as part of a rollout of a Lean Six Sigma effort with the Starwood Hotels and Resorts over 20 years ago, long time. Um, and we chose 
reducing hotel check-in time as a showcase project. You know, we were, that sounded like, you know, kind of a classic thing you would care about when you go to a hotel. I know as consultants and we were road warriors uh, at the time, it made a big difference. So we went to the Sheraton in Atlanta and um, set a target of two minutes for check-in, seems reasonable. Then we had to say, when's the clock start? When's it start? Uh, start and stop. So it's like, it starts when a person gets in line, ends when they get their room key. Um, and what we found was really interesting is that guests were not particularly concerned with check-in time, as long as everyone at the front desk appeared to be helping somebody. Right? What they did not like is when anybody at the desk failed to make eye contact. And I don't know about you, but did you see that movie Meet the Fockers when mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ben Stiller is at the airport gate and there's a ticket agent who's just furiously typing. <laughs> she just never looks up. <laughs> and you're just like, that's happened to me. So that whole not making eye contact just felt bad. And another discovery is that guests got annoyed because agents would disappear through like that door, you know, behind the front desk. You know, where were they going? So they they hated people leaving. So uh, that was news. And then we adjusted and we learned a lot. But that really stuck in my head as, wow, we got that wrong. You know, it seems so obvious, like you would care how long check-in took. So when I'm coaching people, I run into the same mistake. I posted another uh, experience where uh, a nurse I was coaching at UC San Diego Health, she wanted to reduce the number of equipment alarms in the, in the facility, in the hospital, because she knew that was affecting patient sleep. And so we were going back and forth about it. Then she interviewed patients and she discovered they didn't notice the alarms. They said just having to be in a hospital was enough to keep them up. So it, that again, you, you go and you discover when you talk to people exactly what's going on. So how about you? Do you have an example of getting customers wrong? Yeah, I got two. So when I was at GE Appliances and I worked there, um, you know, when it's really interesting what customers say about what they care about, but when you observe them, they do something different. So for example, I'll ask you a question, Elizabeth. So when you were shopping for a refrigerator and you open the door to look in the refrigerator, what do you think is the next step people do? Look in the freezer. Good, good, good guess. They <laughs> open the crispers. Oh, the crisp. Open the crispers. And so not one customer said crisper drawers are really important, but every single person, well, not maybe every single person, but a high majority of people would open the crisper doors. And guess what? The feel of that crisper door was affecting their buying decision. So they could have got it wrong if they asked the customer, what's important to you? They'd say price or features. They never would say crisper doors. But they could see through observation that they needed to consider what CRISPR doors felt like. So I thought that was very interesting uh, that they they had those observations because they could have got it wrong. Yeah. Um, And then there's another story about Southwest Airlines. I think this is uh, one that has gotten around because I've heard this this, uh, a number of times from different people. But Southwest Airlines got feedback that people were complaining about their boarding process. So they assumed customers we're just complaining because all the other airlines give you a seat, but at Southwest, you don't get a seat. So they thought maybe, maybe they were complaining because they were used to that and they really wanted the seat. 
But upon further VOC, voice of customer research, they discovered that customers actually liked being able to pick their own seats. What they didn't like was having to stand up and wait in line to board the plane in order. So, uh, you know, years ago, I remember doing that at Southwest Airlines. I'd have to put my bag there and stand there, or people would have to sit on the floor with their bags to be in the ordering sequence to load the plane. This would be an hour before. Yeah, people didn't like it. You know, I'd like to sit at that chair over there instead. And so what ended up happening was Southwest ended up changing their boarding process so that customers lined up only just before that group boarded. Like they say, hey, line up, group C, line up. Rather than having to camp out uh, with your bags (laughs) waiting to board the plane. So thank you, Southwest, for getting it right because I would have been bummed out if I couldn't pick my seat anymore, but I still had to sit on the floor while I was waiting to board the plane. Uh, that's a good one. And I, I, again, I relate to that directly because like you, I was uh, in, camping out with my luggage in those lines at one point. Um, similar, this is one from Khalil Al-Fardan. He's CEO of Family Global Business Partnership. And he said uh, he pursued customer excellence in one company. They made significant improvements in delivery time. And they dropped it from three weeks to two weeks to one week and then down to three days. But when they got the customer feedback, they found out customers didn't mind waiting for three days or one week for this particular type of business. They simply wanted to be given a specific date so they knew when to be available. They just didn't want to wait for the delivery guy to show up or delivery person. So mm-hmm. just like another thing, they worked so hard at that and they found out, you know what? They just want to know the date and the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get it wrong. Here's another take from Stephanie Hill, owner of Lightbulb Moment Consulting. She worked at a manufacturing company where there were different SLAs or service, le- uh, service level agreements set up with each large customer. It created a lot of confusion in production. They moved mountains trying to avoid fees by trying to achieve some tight timelines. So they did some work to discover the variability, the origin of of the SLA and the opportunity to standardize it. And their sales teams returned to the customers offering standard SLAs or service level agreements. And they basically shrugged and said, sure. (laughs) Since they had never been offered SLAs to begin with, the customers just picked metrics out of thin air. (laughs) That's a great one. I, I actually had a uh, situation where I was working with an organization that had a, an SLA service level agreement with the customer, but guess what? They created it. They said, well, we told the customer that's what the SLA was going to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but that, I find that happens a lot. You know, what, what Stephanie described, like there's a tacit understanding of the requirement and that becomes the rule. Then when we, you know, people get in there, start doing projects, trying to fix things. And they start asking and no one really knows how the standard of the rules started. And and then a lot of times it's not even written anywhere, right? It's just kind of folklore. Uh, And so then we come back and go, okay, what should it be? And then you start talking to customers. Um, Here's another angle that I like. And this is from Jeff Toyster. He's a customer service expert who's written numerous books on the topic. And his client found that a big customer pain point was waiting in line at a customer service counter. So they did a two thing, they did a few things. So someone came out from behind the counter to see why each person was there. And some people need to fill out forms. 
So the rep was able to get them started while they were in line. So the idea is the weight seems faster if you're busy, right? So they're altering the perception. They put a video board displaying a rotating mix of helpful tips, humorous memes. Once again, perception, right? Weight seems faster if you're entertained. And then lastly, they identified a visual cue to measure the line. So the reps behind the desk knew to call for help when the line got past the visual marker. So, you know, he, he was saying we changed the perception um, and that, you know, it reduces the impact of the pain because customers feel better about the weight. But I actually think they affected the weight too because they uh, added visual management, right? They added that line and if it got beyond the marker, rips knew to come help. So it was a combo of the perception and also uh, a response plan, right? If it goes beyond here, then, then you get more people. So awesome wisdom of the crowd. I, I love it. Uh, we'll provide the link if you would like to add to the conversation. Absolutely. You know, you're, and I'll just maybe just say the last thing is um, I went to Disneyland recently. I haven't been there in forever. And I noticed, I observed that you're waiting all the time in lines at Disneyland. But what I observed is almost every time we waited, they said it's 30 minutes, but you actually only waited 20 minutes. So they would tell you, this is how long you're going to wait. And they would exceed the expectation every time. Crafty. It was like, well, great. That was wonderful. Let's go wait in another line. <laughs> kind of sandbagging there a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm Tracy O'Rourke. You're listening to the Just In Time Cafe podcast. We host these monthly. So you can go to www.jitcafe, that's J-I-T-C-A-F-E.com and go to our podcast page. Coming up next, it's our featured guest, Deandra Wardell. Tracy, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Deandra? I love Deandra. That's all I have to say, but I'll say a little more. She is a visionary coach, a strategist, a speaker, a consultant, a kind of geek girl, and the leader of root cause racism movement. She is passionate about developing a world of problem solvers, and she's keynoting at the Association for Manufacturing Excellence, AME, this October. And I finally get to meet her in person. Me too. Yay. I can't believe we haven't actually ever met her in person. I know. Crazy. Crazy. Hello, Deandra. Uh, how great to finally get you at the cafe. You have more going on than most people, so I cannot wait to hear the latest. Just let me do some rundowns. You are going to speak at the Lean Frontiers Coaching Summit in July. You are going to the Central Indiana, Central Indiana Community Foundation, and you're keynoting at the next AME conference. You are everywhere. So first, what I want to hear from you is your hashtag Root Cause Racism Foundation. You have, you've done panels, you've done blog series, you've done amazing groundbreaking efforts, which I am thrilled to have been a part of some of. Um, and you're bringing the continuous improvement world, you're, you're connecting it to the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? You're making this incredible connection. And I want you to talk to us about that connection. Absolutely. That's one of my most favorite things to talk about. But first of all, let me start off by saying, I am tickled pink to be in the cafe. Oh Yay! my goodness. So yes, let's, let's get that. Yay! 
I know. All of that so out. excited. Yes. And let me formally acknowledge you both. So greetings to Tracy O'Rourke, fellow hashtag root cause racism team member. And of course, the Elizabeth Swan, also <laughs> a fellow hashtag root cause racism team member. Both of you are great friends. Both of you are great lean leaders. And it is a joy to be in the cafe. Okay. Now that we have that out of the way. <laughs> Hashtag root cause racism. I am super excited about the next level of where that movement is going. So as you both know, because early on, you both were part of one of my strategic vision board workshops. And as a result of having lean thinkers like you in that workshop, um, there was opportunity to continuously improve. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So as a result of those things that I learned and experienced from going through the strategic vision experience on my own personally, and also with the business, what I began to see as an area where more emphasis and more concentration needs to be placed on this is in the realm of strategic planning. Because what we do with strategic visioning is different. It's a combination of, yes, we want to understand ultimately what is the direction, what is it we're trying to achieve with our purpose and our vision and our mission, which is one of the first steps of strategic planning. But we take it another level, take it another step. And that's where hashtag root cause racism comes into play. So what the team has been doing recently is we have been working with organizations taking them through the strategic visioning experience that consists of strategic planning through a different lens, through the lens of operationalizing diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility throughout every area of the business. And the vehicle that takes us from where we are to where we want to be as it relates to our strategic planning goals or anything that we know we should be working towards to elevate equity, inclusion, and belonging in the workplace, we use continuous improvement to close those gaps. And so I'm really excited. I've had the opportunity to work with um, you know, different agencies, corporations, nonprofit groups, um, taking them through the strategic visioning experience. And the other thing that's exciting, I'm, I'm you know, doing a lot of movement here because I'm so excited in terms of the direction that hashtag root cause racism is going, the work that we do with hashtag root cause racism, it is about showing the world, not just those who are in the lean community or who are continuous improvement practitioners, but helping people to see that what we teach and what we practice in lean can be applied to undo systemic racism. And of course, awareness and education is important, but what good is any of that if it does not translate into action? And so where we're placing our emphasis is specifically within the business environment, within workplaces, and also healthcare, because everyone should have the opportunity to have equal access to quality healthcare. So that's an area that's really important. And then also in the workplace, because the work we do also um, impacts the communities in which we live and where we serve. So it's all interconnected. And one of the things that we're doing with um, a few companies right now as a pilot 
is we are bringing like the hashtag root cause racism blog series to organizations. So as a way to take what, you know, you're reading in these book groups and other things and heightening that awareness and figuring out how that can be translated into action. Action that looks like policy and procedural changes within the organization, and then documenting that journey to share it internally and also share it with the customers in which they serve so that, you know, one blog at a time, one experiment at a time, one policy change at a time, we're really eradicating racism. And so that is, you know, two of the big things that's yeah. going on with hashtag root cause racism. And if you cannot tell, I'm very excited about it. No, that is exciting. And I love it because you're filling a huge gap, I think, with uh, you're really addressing root cause racism in a way that um, says, you know, have a plan for God's sake, <laughs> have a plan and do something. So I really love the combination of strategic visioning experience and uh, including that root cause racism. And you mentioned some of the things that you're doing with companies, you know, policies, processes. Can you give, without maybe sharing who the client is, if you're not comfortable with that, can you just share one concrete experience of how that was operationalized or what the outcome was with a particular client, just to give somebody a more concrete example? Absolutely. So um, one client that I've worked with is within um, the nonprofit industry. And um, this client, all of senior leadership is committed and they're, they're bought into diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. It's not window dressing. It's not just a nice statement you see on their website or a nice sign that's hanging when you walk into their door. Leadership is committed. And leadership recognized that there were gaps in terms of current condition of where they are and target condition of where they wanted to be. Specifically as it related to um, the recruiting and hiring process, um, they wanted to look at what they could do because you, you hear about, well, we need more diverse employees. Mm -hmm. uh, we're unsure of where to go. And then once we, but it doesn't stop there. Once you have those diverse employees on staff, well, how are employees engaged so that they feel like they belong and they contribute to the work? So what we did is um, I worked with directly coaching um, a vice president who part of this person's responsibility um, is, you know, people development, you know, the, the people factor within the organization. And we went through and looked at every aspect of the employee life cycle from recruiting before they even come into the door to retirement. And we looked at it through the lens of, you know, what is it that the organization aspired for this cycle to look like, especially through the lens of equity. And uh, we went through the 4D improvement cycle, which you two went through when you did your strategic vision board. It all began with the dream. What does leadership, what does this organization envision as it relates to equity um, that is offered within their recruiting, hiring, onboarding, performance review, all of those different processes. So it started there. And we broke it down because this is a big undertaking. We took it step by step. And it just so happened that there were a number of positions that they needed to recruit for. And we started with that recruiting phase. And we looked at 
the operating pattern and all the process steps of the current condition and evaluate it. Where are there opportunities to operationalize diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility? And not only that, we looked at how much of the process was tribal knowledge, you know, those things that everyone just knows to do versus what's documented. And we brought in standard work and all of the other things that we have in our lean and lean Six Sigma and Kata tool belts. Uh, well, I don't want to say tool belts, but all of those resources that we have in terms of the way of doing. And uh, we piloted the first few openings that they had. And there was a number of um, director positions that they were recruiting for. So one of the things that we were really excited about was the consistency that was developed in terms of the interviewing process. Um, and even the job description, we scrutinized, we created new job descriptions and scrutinized them very closely to ensure that they were not alienating a particular group or class. Not only that, we looked at where it is that we recruit. Is it the same place that we always go? And I say we, because I felt like I was part of the team, but is it the same place we always go to recruit talent? How can we broaden our net and, and look for other people who may be interested um, in those positions and looked at, you know, what are the different requirements in terms of experience and education and how many of those truly related to the work or how many of them were other factors to alienate qualified people from even applying for the position. So we went through that process. Um, some of the things that we learned, like the candidate pool was just amazing. It was just um, really talented, gifted individuals were, it was a hard time, you know, selecting the candidate and having those systems and, and, and all the things associated with recruiting and interviewing talent among the leadership team, they had a robust process that provided consistency um, and more standardization in terms of how employees or uh, candidates were interviewed and ultimately selected. And again, that led to a more equitable process taking place. And then we took that and we just went through each stage of the employee cycle and followed that same mindset of, you know, coming up with a dream, what it is ultimately we want to do, discern what are the priorities, what do we need to focus on, develop, and then do, and then continue to repeat that cycle. And we've had amazing success. And as a result of that, um, there are some other projects that we're working on and other aspects of the organization that we're applying this same way of working to increase um, equity and diversity. And like I said, that sense of belonging within the company. Uh-huh. You, Sorry, Tracy, you were gonna ask something? I was just gonna say, I mean, if anything, wow. I mean, that's amazing. And you know, when you're sitting on the end of that, right? You're like, wow, look at what we've done and look at what the, how the outcome was so different than before. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you look back and say, what were we doing? I mean, did you have that kind of response? So this is the type of response that was received. And this is why I know that undergirding this work with continuous improvement is so important. Because with any continuous improvement journey we we set out on, one of the things that we teach as practitioners is this is a no judgment zone. Current state, current condition, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Let's assess the situation and determine where it is we need to go. So, you know, I would regularly coach and talk to the client about, you know, don't discredit where you are. Mm -hmm. Be thankful you're as far along as you are in the journey and recognize there's this opportunity for improvement. 
And so that was, and, and they began to embrace that. But what I found to be very encouraging at the end of the engagement was the vice president shared that early on, you know, especially when we were in that, in the, the early stages, like in that dream and discern stage, things were ticking along. Felt like things were going kind of slow. Like what we see in, in any, you know, like a plan, do, check, act, plan, do, study, act, and in the plan phase or within DMEG, uh, the define phase, things may seem to go a little slow because people are, are ready for action. They want to execute. But what the vice president shared with me was that before she realized it, things were clicking along. And all of these things that have been identified as a priority to accomplish during the engagement, we made them all within the time that was committed. Mm. Um, and so that was really exciting for her and not only for her, for her team and the feedback she was getting from other leaders and colleagues just about how they could not only see the change, but they could feel the change. And that made my continuous improvement, strategic visioning, root cause racism heart beat <laughs> with joy. With joy. <laughs> with um, joy. Yeah. I mean, the things so that important. surprised me just working with you and going through the panels and the blogs and thinking about the different aspects is when you talk about, you know, systemically working with an organization systemically. And I remember the realization, you know, people would say to me, I've been in organizations, I'm sure you've heard the same thing as, you know, we, we hire based on talent, right? You know, we're not, you know, we, and it's just this purist attitude as if, you weren't going the same places every time for said talent, right? So, so this realization of like, if you're going to the same tributary, you're going to get the same people. And, exactly. and it's usually word of mouth of people, you know, and Hey, what if all the people, you know, are white. So, you know, just that realization there. And then what you just said was another spark for me, which is, okay, so you've done a great job. You've changed these tributaries. You've, you're looking for people in, in new places and you're tapping great talent. Yeah, but then you want them to stay. Exactly. <laughs> and, the, and thinking about what is the culture? What is the, you know, what's on your website? What's that like? What, you know, do people want to be there? And what goes into that? So just thinking of it, you think of it as like this one issue of like hiring people. No, 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 no. It's stem to stern. It's all the way through. And that's exciting, I think, to address all that. Yeah. Well, and if I may add, you know, it is a system and and it's a big system to address. And so that's one of the reasons why it's so important that, you know, that second phase of the 40 improvement cycle that discern determining where those priorities are and where to begin that work. But just like you said, it's it's one thing to have the diversity and get people in the door. But what are you doing to keep them? And and uh, and what people miss out on? Uh, yeah, we we have this group represented, and we have that group represented, and we have these numbers. But when you talk to the people, actually go to Gimba, where the people are doing the work. Mm. How do they feel? Do they feel like they're engaged, or mm. do they feel like, oh, I'm I'm just here to be here? I you know my input isn't welcome when I give ideas in meetings. They're shut down if I'm able to even talk in a meeting, mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to be, get an invitation to the party, but it's another thing to be asked to dance. And, mm -hmm. and, and will the DJ take your request? 
Will the I DJ take your request? Will the DJ take your request? Oh man, it's so critical what music you are hearing. Yeah. Um, wow, you said it somewhere eloquently. I was just gonna say, you know, people might say, I don't feel like I fit here, but I loved your analogy way better. So, so I have a question for you, Jander. I First of all, I am so excited to finally meet you in person. I can't believe I've never met you in person yet um, at the Lean Frontiers Conference, coaching conference. I'm going as well, July 7th and 8th. Is it seventh and eighth? Yes. Sixth and seventh? Sixth and seventh through the seventh. Yeah, give me that. After the fourth of July. Do you know when you're traveling? No. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I have three. I have three travel. Travel's picked up. Let's just say that. Yes. So my question to you is, um, so I'm super excited about that, but are you running a breakout session on this topic or are you going to be covering something else? So, you know, um, talking about hashtag root cause racism and diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's like my American Express card. I don't leave home without it. <laughs> and so anytime you talk to DeAndra Wardell, the for certain topics that will be part of the conversation, whether it's at a workshop or keynote, or if I run into you at the supermarket, we're going to talk about strategic visioning. We're going to talk about continuous improvement. We'll probably talk about the Toyota Kata. We'll talk about hashtag root cause racism, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility, justice, belonging, undoing racism. We'll probably, you'll probably hear a story or two about my mom and you'll hear about my sorority. Just a given. Okay, so with that being said, um, those who will be attending this breakout session, I'm, I'm super excited about this breakout session because the theme of the Lean Coaching Summit is have a coach, be a coach. And have a coach, be a coach is the fifth code in the Kata code. And I won't tell you what the other codes are. You have to come to my breakout session to learn that. But what I'm most excited about is that I will be doing a tag team breakout session with my very first Kata coach, Tracy Defoe. And so again, when I talk about the things that I talk about whenever you meet me, when I talk about Toyota Kata, I'm going to talk about Tracy Defoe. So Tracy <laughs> Defoe and I are collaborating. We're doing this two-part breakout session. I'm doing the first part. Um, it is called Have a Coach, Be a Learner. So it's a spin and a twist on that fifth Kata code. And then Tracy's doing have a coach, be a coach. And so we have been collaborating, we've been talking, we've been meeting, and we have these really cute handouts. So there's a part one with my information to get the rest of the information from the handout. Participants are encouraged to go to Tracy's session. And we have some cool swag there were, we'll be sharing. And I imagine we'll have on some pretty cute flinged out outfits as well. And so you won't want to miss that. But seriously, uh, what we'll talk about is what was unique about our coaching experience. And if um, for those who are, are watching this podcast or listening, if you don't know about Tracy Defoe or DeAndre Wardell, to look at us, we're polar opposite. Um, Opposite in age, opposite in race, opposite in physical appearance, but, and we didn't know each other. We first met each other at a Katakon conference. And uh, Michael Lombard, who was one of the co-hosts, asked everyone, you know, it's important that you have a coach. If you don't have a coach, find a coach because have a coach, be a coach. I turned to Tracy, who I'd known all of about maybe 20 minutes and said, will you be my Kata coach? She didn't even blink and she said, yes. And the rest is history. So we're going to talk about that experience and how what we learned uh, can help others be 
you know, a model learner and a model coach. Uh, and that sounds amazing. This, it does sound amazing, but I love the coordination. And Tracy, I think you need to find out what they're wearing and you need to somehow get involved in the coordination, you know, just yeah, associate I think so. yourself. Uh, yes. Just enjoy. I, I do have some swag as well for my presentation. I, I'm going to guess it's not as good as DeAndra. <laughs> oh, no. So Tracy, for one, anything that you and Elizabeth Swan do, I mean, it's top notch and stellar. So I'm sure it's going to be great. And one of the things about this Lean Coaching Summit there, there are going to be some heavy hitters at the summit because like I'm trying to figure out how I can lead my breakout session and attend all of the other breakout sessions. And uh, plus, I'm excited that these people that we've been engaging and interacting with so long virtually or on social media, not only the facilitators and the presenters, but those who are in attendance. Uh, there have been some people who've been engaging with me on social media indicating that they plan to attend my session. I'm like, yes, I can't wait. I can finally meet you. So this is really going to be a great experience for learning, development, and for building community. Yeah, building community. Speaking of which, my turn comes up in October at the AME conference. When Your turn I for get what? All <laughs> three of us will be there. My turn to meet you. Yes. So we'll all be there. And we'll all be there. We'll so, all be there. so definitely going to do some coordinating with outfits on that whole thing to make sure that all of our photos look <laughs> as good as they can. Yeah, yes. no, I think you know yes. earrings, everything. I mean, everything. I'm just Hair, no, makeup, you, you're in bling. a class by yourself. We can only <laughs> aspire to be as on as you are. But can you talk to me because I know you have a lot of things going on at AME. So there's a there is a panel discussion. There's a keynote. I think you've got another piece going on there. Can you tell me what is happening there? Okay, so, oh my goodness. Um, the, <laughs> a, what is happening at AME is I, I still have to pinch myself. Um, and the reason I say that because keynoting at AME is one of the strategic vision goals on my strategic vision board. Mm. And so I am just... I mean, I, I still can't believe it's happening. It is because if you go to the website, you see my name on there. You know, I've, I've, I've taken pictures of it and shown it to my mom. I'm like, look, mom, we made it. But uh, what I'm most excited about is the topic for AME Dallas. And it's about embracing cultural disruption and diversity in the future workplace. And so that's, that is whoever came up with that theme, I think is genius because how it is so important for us to talk about embracing disruption uh, because it, it, it can, it, disruption can have a negative connotation, but that's not necessarily the case. And especially when we can embrace disruption in a way that elevates belonging and inclusion, I think that is not, I think I know that is so powerful. So another thing that I'm excited about is I will get the opportunity to um, not only keynote, but be part of a keynote group. And so there is um, Sarah Boisford and Amy um, Gowder. We are in a group together doing our keynotes. Then afterwards, there will be a panel discussion that will be uh, moderated by Mark Graven. I'm not sure if you've heard of Mark Graven before. 
Yeah, there's a, I know, yeah, somewhere, remember. Some healthcare guy wrote of like 17 books or something. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of followers. He has like eight (laughs) podcasts, I think, something like that. Yeah, he. He makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes he even has a favorite mistake. I don't know. It could be his favorite ones. I don't know. I don't know. As I I take another imaginary sip of tea. (laughs) But yeah, so Mark Graben will be moderating the panel discussion. So I'm super excited about that yeah. um, because, as you know, Mark has been involved, heavily involved. And oh, yeah. um, he was, oh, my goodness, so a crucial element of the launch of hashtag root cause racism and has been engaged and involved since day one. Mm-hmm. So um, really excited that he will be moderating that panel. And I'm looking forward to that. And then there will also be some practitioner sessions um, that are a little longer. And so I will have the opportunity to facilitate a practitioner session where I will go more in detail about the strategic visioning experience as it relates to operationalizing diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility through the use of continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. And so I will be sharing um, some information or, or giving like case study type report outs of what I've been experiencing and what I've been seeing in the field with clients who I've been working with to encourage people that this can happen. You can make these type changes that, you know, taking your strategic plan and reevaluating how you do a strategic plan for the sake of um, ensuring that team members know that they belong. It's, it's something that's achievable. And um, so I'm really looking forward. And I'm really excited about that. Wow. Along with seeing so many, you know, great friends and thought leaders from the lean community. And I don't want to start naming names uh, because I don't want to miss anyone. But between <laughs> the Cotta Girl Geeks, Women in Lean, Lean Communicators, um, Cotta community in general, um, it, I, I just can't wait. This no. is going to be like Christmas in October. It's I a know, massive, I can't wait either. Massive it's always an amazing conference. They, yeah. they have always put on really great conferences. And it's one of the largest conferences um, that, that is out there. I think they had 2,000 people, 2,500 people come. And it's huge. Yeah. yeah. So, And if I might add, one of the things that has impressed me most about the conference, and of course, you're, you're exactly right, Tracy, uh, AME is, you know, as I understand, it's the number one lane conference in the world. This is an international conference. But the level of detail that those who are coordinating and planning for the conference, that they are committed, they're thoughtful, um, they are so intentional about ensuring that the participants who will be attending the conference will have an amazing experience. Yeah. And, and I think that that says a lot and which reminds me of um, I have to give a shout out to the group at Kinexus. I recently had the opportunity to, to keynote at Kinexicon. And that was one of the things about the, the leaders and those who were planning put so much thought and care and concern into planning that conference to ensure that participants will have a dynamic experience. And I think that means a lot, especially since. We've been sheltering in place for so long. People are, are getting back out. Yeah. And, and it's good that people are being thoughtful about how we come back together and engage. Oh, mm-hmm. man, you're just making me excited. There's so much to come. And uh, uh, luckily, a lot of it includes the three of us and yes. the yes. people we know. Um, this has been awesome having you at the cafe. I am so thrilled 
we got to do this. And can you let people how to know how to reach you if they want to reach you, Deandra? Absolutely. So if you want to reach Deandra Wardell, it's simple. Go to DeandraWardell.com. <laughs> And there you can find out more about the strategic visioning experience, hashtag root cause racism, um, where I was invited to present a webinar at Just In Time Cafe. That mm-hmm. video is available on the website. You know, if you're wondering, you know, what, what's going on with this Lynn Coaching Summit? Because Deonna and Tracy couldn't figure out when they're taking off and when they're landing. Well, the dates for the Lean Coaching Summit's on the website and other places that I'll be. So just connect with DeAndra Wardell at DeAndraWardell.com. And once you visit my website, all of my social media links um, are also available. So you know, easy. I just wasn't satisfied with the 30 minutes we talked to DeAndra. So I can't wait to see her in a few <laughs> weeks in person yes. because I need more. We need yes. more. We need yes. more of this. We need more. <laughs> I agree. Talking, you know, I, of course, I, I, I could talk forever and a day and I don't want to put you all in a hostage situation. <laughs> However, you know, in the past, I can't, it's hard to believe that we have not physically met in person because I feel as connected to you both as if we've known each other a lifetime. Mm. And I am so grateful that the universe has allowed our paths to cross. My life is richer because I know Tracy O'Rourke and the Elizabeth Swan. So I love you both dearly. And I mean that. Aww. We love you too. Oh, oh big hugs. Back at you, DeAndre. Big hugs. <laughs> and I am looking forward to the day. Me too. All but right, you know, man. I'm going to be like glued to you. So I'll try to give you some space. No, because yeah. I'll be glued to you too. So it's okay. <laughs> then we've, we've gotten it out. Now I won't be awkward. Yeah, I just need uh, pictures, uh, shutterbugs. We need pictures of it. Pictures or it didn't happen, as you say, Deandra. Exactly. Or it didn't happen. <laughs> pictures. Mm-hmm. No. And you got to tweet them or Instagram or whatever you got to do. Or they immediately or immediately. Yes. <laughs> um, looking forward to notes from the field. Goodbye and talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Sure to register for our July 21st webinar with recent podcast guest Rebecca Snelling. Uh, the title of this session is Building Teams, Be Intentional and Get Better Results. Rebecca is an executive leadership coach and a board member of the Lean Construction Institute. Come join this session and learn new ways to build outstanding teams. And if you're planning your own improvement journey, then you need to put on the fall semester the Lean Six Sigma Leadership course on your calendar. Our latest cohort recently graduated and they are already on their transformational journeys. This course just keeps getting better because we're constantly improving it. So come join us. It's offered through UC San Diego and the fall class starts at the end of September and goes for 12 weeks. So plan on it. We'll provide a link to all of these on our website. We are so psyched to have your company, the Just In Time Cafe, is packed with members of our fabulous community. So thank you for listening. Join us next month and every month for your jolt of lean caffeine.